listening to Coffee and Valkyries, a podcast about your favorite NWSL club, OL Reign. Welcome to Coffee and Valkyries. I'm Jacob, here's Steve, here's Rachel, and here's Tim. This will be the fourth season of this podcast about your favorite NWSL team, OL Reign. And with the new season on the horizon, a lot of news has happened, so let's get to talking about some of them in this season premiere episode. Uh, First and foremost, everybody, uh, good afternoon. How are we all doing on this Sunday afternoon? Good, just enjoying a super relaxed, chill Sunday. Yeah, Likewise. <laughs> as well as you can ask for around here at this point, basically. Right. Yeah. So um, obviously we're still in uh, in a pandemic. Uh, New Year, same as the old, uh, same as last year. But uh, we are going to be talking about uh, soccer here. So let's just get started right away with uh, the new players that have been picked up by OL Reign. Uh, we're going to go through them in chronological order based on when the team announced them. So there were two announcement, announcements uh, that happened uh, at the end of the year. There was goalkeeper Cosette Morche. Uh, let's first talk about that one. The team needed a goalie. So, you know, first and foremost, it's very exciting that they at least signed somebody right away. And it, she seems like somebody who's gotten a little bit of experience in Europe. So they had good good history with that when they brought Casey Murphy in a year and a half ago. So I'm hopeful that their same scouting and evaluation is going to reap rewards again this time. Yeah, I mean, a keeper is certainly better than no keeper. And it's hard not having watched, you know, extensively. Um, I think she had 10 games in the Swedish league, but um, her highlight reel is pretty impressive. I think she's six foot two and seems to use that frame well, uh, particularly on like crosses and set pieces and stuff. Um, definitely uses her frame to get up above people and seems to have pretty secure hands. She, at least in highlights, tends to catch it with both hands rather than, you know, punching when she doesn't have to, which I think is nice to see. That's what you want. I think um, Texas A&M is one of those programs that kind of slides under the radar too, because a lot of people really focus on, you know, the ACC because of, um, you know, UNC and Florida State. And then you've got, you know, over on the West Coast, you got Stanford, UCLA, um, just some of those bigger name schools. So I think there's been some good talent that has come out of Texas A&M in the last few years. Um, I mean, Shea Groom is a prime example of that too, obviously two different positions. Um, And I remember watching, you know, listening to the expansion draft and um, when Christy Holly and Louisville decided to skip both of the Portland keepers, I immediately thought, okay, well, it's either going to be Michelle Betos or Nicole Barnhart that's going to Louisville. And then they picked up, they obviously picked 
beta us. And I was like, well, you know, Rain needs a goalkeeper now because they got rid of Casey Murphy too. Um, so yeah, I mean, echoing the sentiments, a goalkeeper is better than no goalkeeper for sure. And there's still uh, another spot for a goalkeeper for the team. That's one of those things where the rumor most until we see the official announcement as to which two players from uh, Olympic Lyon join OL Reign whenever that's going to be. Uh, there's going to be the rumor about Sarah Buhari join, joining OL Reign or they have another goalkeeper signing that they get to announce or they draft somebody in this really weird upcoming NWSL college draft. We don't know, but as of right now, yes, Cosette Morche is the only listed goalkeeper for OL Reign. Their next acquisition was acquiring forward Ali Watt from North Carolina Courage. For that, they traded Taylor, defender Taylor Smith and the NWSL rights to forward Jody Taylor to North Carolina. Um, Rachel, start us off with your thoughts on this pickup. Well, it's good to have familiarity. Um, obviously, you know, a goalkeeper is not going to play first and foremost um, to the forwards, but the fact that um, they're the single goalkeeper on the roster and Ali Watt played collegiately together um, is good in terms of, you know, there's two new players coming in, so they're not really starting off um, with an entirely blank sheet of paper. So they have some familiarity there. Um, I like Ali Watt a lot. I was really, I think I can speak for all of us and just most NWSL fans in general, when she went down in the challenge cup, pretty early on, I was like, oh, gosh, out of all people, like, why did it have to be her? I was really upset when she went down. I was looking forward to seeing what she had to do. Um, she is a heck of a goal scorer. And, you know, obviously coming from the courage, they're so deep that she would have been that national team replacement player for like when, you know, Lynn uh, Williams and like McDonald, even Dabinia, when they go away, um, she would have gone in. And now for the rain, I think she has a legitimate case, you know, if she is recovered from her injury, of course that takes time to fight for a starting spot. Um, and even if she doesn't get that starting spot, you know that when, um, you know, Megan Rapino goes away for international duty and some of the other um, players on that roster, she's a good fill-in. So I think that she's a good player and, I'm excited. I hope she is recovered from her injury and just, you know, having the sophomore season that she wished she could have had as a rookie. Um, I hope it goes well for her. Yeah, I think, um, you know, she seems to perform well in the time that she spent down in Australia, uh, getting five games with Melbourne City and three goals in those five games. Uh, the quality of that league and in that particular team is pretty good and um, I think there's plenty of history of players performing well down in the W League and translating that to NWSL. Uh, I think watching her play you can see why the Courage picked her up. Um, she's a really dynamic player who can score all sorts of types of goals from a variety of spots it seems like she can play sort of across the band of three that OL Reign plays with uh, which I think will be interesting to watch this season they have a number of players who seem like they can play sort of on either wing or down the middle and I think that offers a lot of flexibility both in 
choosing lineups and in the run of play, allowing them to, you know, switch and move around the field. Um, seems like she maybe excels playing a more vertical style than we saw Ben Stevie opt for, but I think that could translate to, you know, playing with possession in the intention of creating those sort of almost pseudo transition moments by lulling the other team out of their shell a little bit, uh, while also certainly being able to capitalize on actual transition moments. I think she's going to be really fun when she gets her opportunities. Yeah, I, I would agree with all that. And I think one thing that's interesting with the departure of Jody Taylor is that there's not one specific person that you say, oh, he's probably going to pencil this person in as the central target forward. And so that kind of brings a, an element almost of chaos that the ring can present to opposition where they have a bunch of players who are pretty good at playing in different spots across the forward band and it could confuse defenses and make things a lot more interesting. And because they have so many forwards, that also means that they're not going to have to rush Watt back if she does need a little bit more time kind of to integrate or to, to get full fitness again. So I think it's interesting how much younger the team is getting with a lot of these moves too, that, that this could be a, a group of players that we see with the team for a long time, or at least that, that prepare them well for upcoming expansion drafts too. And OL Rain did not stop at uh, restocking and really adding more depth to their forward line because their next acquisition was getting forward Ziara King in a trade with uh, NWL Kansas City. And OL Rain sent Darian Jenkins to Kansas City for that uh, trade. Somehow we went from having no first round draft picks at the beginning of the 2020 draft to now having three of the nine players that were drafted in the first round, which is pretty remarkable when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there might not have been a more exciting rookie player to watch during the 2020 sort of seasons for NWSL, uh, both in the Challenge Cup and in the Fall Series. Uh, she was a ton of fun to watch. She seems like a really, you know, wonderful, interesting person outside of soccer. Um, I think she's going to be a really great addition in every aspect to the OL reign. I think that Zierra King has the potential to really make a leap this year with this group and maybe get on Vlako Andonovsky's radar. Um, I know that's a big claim. I know it's a bold claim because of the talent and the my favorite thing in the world, the allocation list for the U.S. women's national team. Um, but I really think she can because she's so dynamic. And there was a lot of depth in Utah with, um, with the forward position. And I think that, you know, I think, I think King fit in there with that group. Um, I don't think it's a situation like with Jenkins where I don't think the wheels kind of got turning for her in um, Tacoma. But I think that, you know, King did fit in in Utah. So when that trade was announced, I was like, Kansas, what are you doing? Um, but their loss is, is the Reigns game. Um, so I think that, I think King is very dynamic. I think off the field, she's even better than what she does on the field. So just to have um, 
that type of player coming to the organization is, is a benefit no matter what they do on the pitch. So um, I'm excited. I'm like curious to see how she fits in, what Fareed Bensidi is going to want to do with her. But I, I think that she is somebody who can really, really fight for a starting role on this team. And she's a player that might have to force other players to take a, a different position. And um, I, I think it's so invaluable that she's going to learn from one of the best um, underrated forwards in the league and Jasmine Spencer. So um, I'm excited to see that connection kind of click. And rounding up the last piece of OL Reign player acquisition news at the time of this recording was their announcement of signing their first ever Brazilian player in midfielder Angelina. I hope I pronounced that correctly based on how Brazilian names are pronounced. But yeah, um, OL Reign have their first Brazilian player and is an up and rising star within the Brazilian U20 team. Um, I, I think she looks like from the from the highlights we've seen and from the little bit of conversation we've heard from people who've watched her in South America, like um, Tony at NWSO Analytica, like it sounds like she could be um, like an heir apparent to Jess Fishlock kind of in a destroyer playmaker role in midfield, which is really exciting because, you know, we probably don't have too many years left of the Welsh Dragon, although she may disagree with that, but if if she can kind of teach some of that mastery to to a young up-and-coming player like Angelina that could be really awesome to kind of see that natural progression in the position sometimes you don't always need that senior brazilian national team player sometimes you need that up-and-coming talent to kind of grow them and what better place to grow than in the nwsl so i'm glad that she's somebody who is um on Brazil's radar. She's not just someone that they plucked out of the country and said, here you go, maybe we can get you on the radar. Um, so I think that, I, I think the midfield is really interesting because there's some players that are, I, I don't really feel like there's a middle in the midfield, no pun intended. Um, there's defensive midfielders and there's attacking midfielders. And I feel like she fits in that attacking midfield spot. So um, I'm hoping the rain can kind of find more of those um, kind of both sides of the coin players. But um, for now, I mean, hey, stock up on the attack. They need to score goals. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, sort of all over the field. They have, I think I was looking at the roster and there's eight forwards listed for three starting spots and depending on how things break with players like Kristen McNabb, who's listed as a forward and a defender. And there's a couple others. There's nine or 10 midfielders for three starting midfield spots. But I think one of the things that we saw throughout 2020 was that they needed someone to do a little bit more of the running, especially when you have both of like Ali Long and Shirley Cruz on the field. Uh, it just helps a ton for both of them to focus a little bit more on what they're really, really good at and have a, having a younger player who can run all over the field for them, clean things up behind them, allows them both to play more to their strengths. And I think, you know, trying to figure out how all the puzzle pieces fit together with the players already on the roster and the new additions, uh, I think one of the strengths of lots of the forwards on the team are their 
speed and ability to run and the danger that they pose when they are running at defenders or running in behind defenders. And I think watching her highlights, one of the things that she has in her toolkit is a really interesting long ball. Uh, the way that she hits them is weird. She sort of like chops it and they have a top spin. So they just sort of almost are lobbed, but with pace, which doesn't really make sense over defenses. But um, I think the idea of her hitting those balls over, you know, a fullback for Ciara King or Ali Watt or Bethany Balser to run onto and terrorize defenses is really exciting to think about. Tim had mentioned the name, and I'm sure this is one part of the chat that, Rachel, you're looking forward to talking about. So, uh, tell us about how excited you are about the fact that O.L. Reign re-signed uh, Shirley Cruz. Can you see me doing backflips? Oh, I love Shirley Cruz. I love all Costa Ricans, and I have literally zero ties to Costa Rica, so I don't know why. Um, but Shirley Cruz is amazing, and it's about darn time that she came to the NWSL. Um, of course, she comes to the league whenever there is um, absolute chaos and not like a full season. So I'm excited to see her even more this season. Um, I, she started off slow, and I think that was kind of expected um, because she, while she is familiar with Ben Seedy, she's not familiar with the other players. And it's great to have that rep with the new coach, but he's not on the field playing with you. He's just kind of giving directions on the sidelines. Um, so I think that now she has a full, well, quote unquote, full year under her belt. Um, she'll have a full preseason with them. She'll have that challenge cup and then it's right into the regular season. So I think now with some familiarity under her belt, she can be even better um, next year. And I, I know that Costa Rica was training um, a couple weeks ago. So she's not just not getting any action. I mean, she was down in Costa Rica training with um, some of their really talented players, um, including Raquel Rodriguez, obviously, of the Thorns. Um, so I'm excited to see how that kind of translates over because I think she's one of the most, I know that, you know, obviously the, there's the United States and there's Canada, the, your big nations, but I think Costa Rica is a very underrated, talented team. And so that training is definitely going to help her um, instead of just not having any team training whatsoever, just like how the national team camp for the U S is going to help, you know, Megan Rapino and, um, and whatnot. So um, I'm excited to see her back again. Um, excited to see the connection, especially with her um, and Allie long grow and get better. Cause I think towards the end of the season, those two were finally clicking um, same with her and Sofia Huerta as well. So, um, yeah, I'm totally the captain of the Shirley Cruz hype train. So feel free to get on. Before we move on to uh, our next segments of this episode, or were there any other uh, player re-signings that the club did um, that you guys want to talk about that just caught your attention or stood out in any way? Um, I think looking at all of the transactions from this offseason, seeing that they signed uh, Sam Hyatt to a new contract uh, after bringing her in on a short-term contract um, I think is pretty exciting. Uh, she 
seems like almost an ideal style of center back if that's where they opt to play her and that is she's listed as a defender on the team's roster um but i think for ben steedy's heavy passing system having someone who you know appears to have the defensive chops from u.s youth national teams in college uh coupled with really impressive passing ability uh is huge i think we all had a pretty full amber brooks experience in 2020 and it would be nice to have maybe a better long-term option at that spot um especially you know lauren barnes is not going to play forever uh so if she can work her way into the team it seems like you know without playing games her training must have impressed the front office for them to keep her around uh i think that probably is this the re-signing that i think i'm most excited about in the non-shirley cruise category so we just talked about uh some of the new players that oil rain had picked up in the off season and actually after the break you will be listening to an interview that we did with one of those new players after the break you will listen to our chat with new Oval Rain forward Ziara King. We are here with new Oval Rain forward Ziara King. Ziara, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. We're doing pretty good. Thanks again for taking the time to chat with us. Um, first and foremost, are you already in Tacoma or you have started, you've got to start your trek over to the Pacific Northwest? I am still in Jersey right now. So uh, within the next few weeks, I'll be headed out there. So got to start all my packing and all that stuff. Awesome. Good to hear. Well, again, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Um, I think the first question for us um, that, you know, just to get to know you would be talk about the trade to OL Rain and how did that come about and just your initial reaction to it? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, it was January 1st. Got a call and, um, you know, I think I didn't really see it coming. I, I don't know if, you know, I kind of heard about it from, you know, the source directly and it wasn't until after the trade was already done. And, you know, um, they just kind of said, yeah, you know, um, hate to say this, but, you know, you're going to get traded. And I was like, okay, <laughs> um, you know, and I just, you know, I realized it's a business and I realized that, you know, any day that could happen. And it's kind of a crazy thing to, you know, sign up for, but this is what we signed up for. And so, um, you know, I initially, you know, in your head, you're kind of like, well, what happened or why or whatever, but um, I, I, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a really good opportunity um, to play with some veteran players, to play with, you know, some young players and um, to learn under staff that I've heard really good things about. So I'm excited. I'm definitely excited about it. I was just going to say that that actually dovetails with um, a follow-up question that I was um, that we were thinking about asking you anyway, which is, you know, the rain for have um, the some of the people who have been with the team since the first season, the, the largest number of, of people, but I've also focused on these last few years uh, around really building a strong youth core that can be the future of the of the team. And I guess you you just touched on it a little bit, but 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 what are your, some of your goals heading into a, a team like that with that mixture? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think without a doubt, learning from the veteran players. Um, 
I think, you know, that's something that, that, you know, as a new player, you always are excited about um, playing with players that have, you know, experience under their belt that, you know, um, and in, in my last environment, I was so thankful that um, those players were so welcoming and so open to, you know, um, sharing that knowledge with me. And so, you know, hopefully going into this new environment, I get a similar experience. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's going to be good. I think, you know, that balance between um, new faces and old faces is, is something that can, can help a team be successful. So, Does it feel wild to you that you're now going to be playing along with players that, you know, you were watching, you know, not too long ago as a fan, like, <laughs> you know, we've seen a picture of you, uh, you know, posing with Natasha Kai, and then, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden your new teammates are going to be, uh, you know, league veterans like Jess Fishlock, like Lauren Barnes, like Steph Cox, like Megan Rapino. Does it still feel like, wow, I get to play along with these players that I just, you know, watched a couple years ago? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, from, from the second, you know, coming into camp um, for, you know, my first season, I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then, you know, playing your first game, you're like, wow, this is crazy. Like you really, I don't know, like it still kind of feels surreal, surreal. It's like um, I'm here, but like, I don't know. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely going to be an interesting experience and it has been, and it will continue. I don't know if there's ever a point where you find they're like, wow, I, I'm, playing with people that I've looked up to my whole life. And so um, we'll see. We'll see <laughs> if it ever changes from that. I know that you, um, it, it, you're you still absorbing the trade and, and coming over to Oil Rain, but are there players on the team that you already know fairly well from your college days? Yeah, so um, Madison Hammond, um, she went to Wake. Um, so played her plenty of time. Um, and we actually have um, mutual friends. So. Um, we kind of, you know, had been friends, like, at a distance in college, and so, um, you know, within this past year, I think we've, we've become friends even more, and so I'm excited, like, she was one of the first people I called, I was like, girl, you'll never guess what, (laughs) Um, so yeah, no, definitely, definitely excited about that, so. I'm sure you both will be excited to not have to play against each other, and on the same team. (laughs) Literally, definitely. (laughs) So for those that may not be completely familiar with your style of play, Ziara, how would you describe uh, your game? Like if you were to use a couple of words or just one sentence, well, how would you describe uh, your style of game? Um, yeah, I don't even know, honestly. Um, I guess like the word I would use is like creative. I don't know. Like I think I just, I have something about my game that's not traditional in a way I don't know like I just kind of make it up as I go type (laughs) (laughs) um and I think that that kind of adds a different uniqueness about the way that I play I think unique is probably a good word as well to describe what um, was a very untraditional rookie year for you last year, but um, maybe just going, taking a step back, your first year in pro soccer, um, pandemic, lots of things going on. Um, what what are just your overall re- reflections, though, on that rookie season? Um, wow. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I don't think, you know, like when you 
say like, oh, you know, a year ago, if anybody would have told me that would happen, <laughs> it was 100% one of those situations. Like you couldn't even told me that it was going to unfold in the way that it unfolded. Um, but honestly, like, I don't know if I just reflecting on it, like I learned so much, like I, I grew as a person and as a player and, um, I don't know, like I'm, I'm thankful for, for all the experiences that were thrown my way. And I think it, it not only helped me, um, to improve my game with playing with great players and, um, but it helped me improve myself as a person and find who I am and find, you know, my voice. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful that, you know, it happened and it's, I don't know, it's, it's such a double-sided thing because it's, it was a historically sad and, you know, um, life-changing year for so many people and um, you, you trying to find that balance between looking at the silver lining and, and just, you know, accepting that it was just bad is like really difficult. So, yeah, I don't know if that even answered your question. But that 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 response felt like what 2020 was. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody all, can truly answer the, the question of 2020. So yeah, <laughs> you did as good as it, and any of us could. <laughs> yeah, there's no wrong answers when it comes to talking with us. <laughs> but I um, guess um, just following up on that though, do you have any goals looking into your what now I would call your sophomore season for 2021? <laughs> personal goals for you? Personal goals. Um. You know, I can't even really say that I have any right now at this point in time. Um, I just, you know, every day I wouldn't go out and, and play my best and, and grow. And um, sometimes my best won't always be like 100% my best. And I just want to be able to accept that and, and still, um, you know, have confidence in myself and continue to learn from my mistakes. And um, I don't know, just, just continue to have a positive outlook on things even when things are you know not looking so hot so I I can't say that I really have a goal but just to continue on the you know upward track that I I, I hope that my career will be going so we are recording a couple of days before the NWSL college draft and um, can you describe what it's like in the days building up to the draft in terms of you know to just kind of paint a picture for those wondering, you know, for all the players that are hoping to have their name announced uh, this year, obviously the draft's going to be a lot different. It's going to be virtual, but can you right. just describe what, uh, what um, those players that are waiting for their name to be announced, what they're going through in the, the days leading up to it? Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, I was, I had no idea. I hadn't heard anything from anybody. Um, I kind of asked my college coach, like, have you heard anything? And he's like, yeah, but I don't believe any of it. So we'll just wait. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, cool. Just go and do it blind. Um, so for me, I was just like patiently awaiting like feelings of like, okay, you know, like the doubt always starts to creep in. Like, what if nobody picks me? What if, you know, so I, I think it's definitely, it's different for every person, but for me, it was like a, a, a large guessing game of like, you know, you kind of, you see the, the things you're tagged in, like the mock draft and you're like, okay, well maybe that's where I'll go, but nobody really ever knows until you get there. And then you have the trades on that day and it's just, just a whirlwind of emotions. And um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm so excited for this next class that's coming in. I think every year, um, 
you know, everybody's excited to see how it's going to go. And so I can't wait for Wednesday to, and, and I'm wishing everybody there the best of luck. So. You perfectly described the, the league well there. Nobody ever really knows what to expect. It <laughs> makes it pretty exciting. So, <laughs> yeah, literally. And kind of taking a step a little further back to, to that moment, like, talk or can you talk a little bit about kind of what your path to the pros was like? Like, when did you realize, hey, maybe this is something that I can actually continue on and become a pro? Yeah, um, I get that question often, and I really don't know if I have an answer for, like, at this point, I realized, like, I genuinely had it as a goal of mine since um, I was a, a little kid. Like, I look back on my school projects, and I see, I want to be a professional soccer player, and I'm like, it's so funny, because my teachers are probably like, oh, we got another one, <laughs> another professional athlete, um, but yeah, no, I just think that um, my whole life, I've just, soccer has just been such an integral part of it, and I got to high school and I was like, all right, like, I want to go to college and do this. And I got to college and I was like, okay, like we're still making progress. <laughs> so I just, you know, by the time I, you know, I started to get recognized with like the U23 team and, you know, I was getting honors in ACC and I was like, okay, like my name is starting to, you know, carry a little bit of weight. So let's, you know, let's try it out. Let's see, you know, how it'll go. And um, I'm thankful for, you know, everyone that helped me get into these, you know, spaces where I could continue to show who I am and what my game carries and, you know, what my name means. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't think it was, there was ever that much of a doubt for me that this wasn't going to happen. So. This is a two-part question about your career at NC State. First question is, what is a favorite on-field moment for you? Hmm. <sighs> Favorite on-field moment. So I would have to say, I can't even remember what you, every, honestly, like everything's a blur at this point, but I can't even remember what year it was, but um, I had hurt my ankle. It might've been junior year. I had hurt my ankle in like a previous game and we were just getting ready to start ACC play. And um, we were getting ready to play Boston College and I was rehabbing the whole week and my trainer was doing such a great job of just, you know, making sure I was in every day, giving me all the treatment I needed, making, making sure I was on my rehab. And I'm so thankful for her. Um, Tracy, she passed away earlier this year and today's actually her birthday. So um, yeah, she, she was a great, just a great person all around. And um, so anyway, so the game rolls around and I think we're tied and there's like probably like a minute left and I just hit, this banger on the ankle that was literally hurt for the past week and I couldn't even tell you how it happened but I think that is a memory that you know will always be one of the most impactful ones for me just especially you know um, not having her anymore and just just knowing that she put everything into making sure that that ankle was going to be fine for that game the next week um, so I think that's a memory that will definitely always stick with me. And then uh, the second part of that question is, what was a poignant learning lesson during your NC State career? Great question. Oh, there's plenty of them, let me tell you. Um, but I think one of the biggest ones, which honestly I'm still like, I don't even know if I've fully gotten over it, but something for me is like, I like the highs are high and the lows are low. 
Um, and that's something that I, you know, have definitely improved on since, um, since going to NC State and I'm still working on. Um, but it's like, if, you know, I have a bad game or, you know, I don't score that game and at NC State, that was like my job, like score the goals. And so I would just like be so hard on myself. Like those are, there were days I'd be like, you know what, maybe I just am not supposed to play soccer anymore. Like just for no reason, just because one game I had, you know, not the best. And so I think that that's an experience that, you know, I'm continually realizing like, okay, brush it off and keep moving forward. Definitely good attitude to take into the pros for sure. Yeah. I'm curious, I feel like this answer is always so personal to each person. What made you choose uh, NC State to go to? Yeah, that's a good question. So interestingly enough, um, when I visited NC State prior, I went on a road trip. So I hit West Virginia, NC State, and UNC Wilmington all in one trip. So my first stop was uh, West Virginia and I, the facilities are brand new. The, you know, they have like a history of having a great, you know, program, like everything about the, um, you know, the way that Nikki Izzo Brown, you know, displayed their program. I was like, this is where I want to go. So when I went to NC State after that, I was like, you know, it's nice, but like, is it West Virginia? Um, and so, you know, when I got home and I really was just thinking about it and I was like, I just feel like the way that Tim from NC State um, was just explaining the vision for their program, like it wasn't the best. And they went 0-10 in conference, you know, the year before I got there. And it was just, you know, they, they wanted to build the program up to get it on the map. And to me, like that just fit who I am so much more. Um, just, you know, that underdog kind of mentality. Um, and so for me, I just, you know, I loved Raleigh. The people were so nice. Just, you know, I had family down in Raleigh, so it was, you know, really convenient and, um, yeah. And, and playing in the ACC, one of the best conferences in the country. I mean, what more can you ask for? So it, it was, it was a great choice. I'm, I'm so thankful that, you know, I decided to go there. Which means you've been, um, an East coast person for most of your life except that for kind of heading a little further west and now further west this next year. Um, what, what are your overall thoughts on the west coast? Are you excited to explore it? Yeah, I am. Um, you know, I know about as much about Washington as I knew about Utah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm excited. I think, you know, I've heard great things. I've heard, you know, it's absolutely beautiful. And um, interestingly enough, I actually, you know, have some connections out there from people with people. And so I'm excited to, you know, um, have them kind of show me around and, <laughs> and have those connections as well. Just, you know, if I just need a place to, you know, decompress or whatever. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, it's going to be interesting being three hours behind my family, especially my mom. When she gets off work, I'll be in the middle of the day and she'll be going to sleep and I'll be, so it's, it's, but I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Be sure to hit up uh, Jasmine Spencer for some tips on how to adjust to the time zones because when she came out here after spending, you know, so much of her time in Orlando, that, that three hour time zone adjustment is, can do a number on you. So make sure to ask her for yeah, some tips on that. I definitely will. <laughs> do you watch um, soccer in Europe as well? Because the time zone's not great. For that I know, <laughs> it, and that's a big, 
it'll be like 6 a.m. games, and I'm like, man, you know, I would want to watch it, but I just don't know if I want to get up that early. <laughs> so I try and catch the ones that are like 11 in the afternoon or in the in the morning slash afternoon. Um, and man, if it's like six here, it's like three there. I can't even. <laughs> I'm going to stay up all night to watch those. <laughs> we record them. Uh, I should have known that. <laughs> Maybe some get up at 3 a.m., but not me. I wanted to jump back, back again um, okay. in your path to the pros, which is if anyone's watched you play soccer, this would not come to a surprise, probably be surprising for anyone, but you were a quite the track athlete as well. State champion in the four by 400, if that, if I'm correct in that. Um, yeah. Did you ever consider track as a college or career choice too? Never. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I. So it's funny because, so when I was a freshman in high school, I really wanted to play lacrosse. And so I, I had my stick, I had my face mask, like mouth guard, all of that. I was so ready. And then I like went out and I was, and they told me like, yeah, you, you have to like defend by just holding the stick in front of their face. Like you can't hit them. And I was like, huh? <laughs> you mean I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't understand. So <laughs> literally like it was probably a week before practice or tryouts are about to start. And I was like, yeah, I can't do this. And I just switched to track. Cause I was like, well, I got to do something to keep myself moving. Um, so when, so my freshman year, I went to an all girls Catholic school and uh, my sophomore year, I ended up transferring back to public school and um, the track team at, at um, my high school was just unmatched. Like, they're so good. And so I got fortunate coming into that situation because my track team was good. And so it's so funny when people bring up that story because I'm like, I was like, I was just there. Like the girls on my four by four team were super fast. And then like, I was just like, bring it home or whatever, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, I, it was definitely a, a great experience. I'm so thankful because I had great coaches, great teammates and like connections that, you know, I still have to this day, but I've never felt stress in my life, like starting on a starting line on a, on a track meet, especially because my team was good. It was like, okay, you're going to run the 800 today. We need you to, to get points for us so we can win the whole meet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I feel you so, so much right now because I, I did track in high school too. And um, I, before every race, I was so in my head, like, why am I doing this? I can't do this. What, what is going on? Individual sports are stressful at a level that I don't think I can even explain. So stressful. So to answer your question, never did it ever cross my mind to do track past high school. <laughs> I'm going to take another detour if we're good. I feel like I'm, we're, help, we're jumping you all over the place. So thank you. No worries. Um, but I think one, um, obviously one thing that um, was unique for the last year was just that sports uh, use their platforms in much different ways to speak out uh, against racial injustice. And uh, we saw that across the board. I think, um, fortunately, this year, a lot of people really have seen what the WNBA has been doing for a really long time. And I'm just mm -hmm. curious about your overall reflections as you look to grow into being a professional athlete in this league. 
um, what you reflected on what the NWSL did in the last year, but also what you all are hoping to learn and you maybe personally from what the w WNBA has been doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, wow. Well, just, I don't even think enough can be said about, you know, the trail trailblazers that are in the WNBA. Um, just absolute boss women. <laughs> like, I don't even know how else to describe it. Um, and so um, some of the things that, you know, they've pushed for and continue to push for um, has been really inspiring. Um, I think for everyone, not even just for athletes. And um, I think, you know, what can be, can be, you know, learned from that situation is like, um, I don't know, I feel like there's really is, there's no excuse to, you know, for anyone to feel like they can't, you know, be vocal or be um, true in, in what they stand for. And I think um, for me, personally, I, I've found so much, you know, inspiration from them. Um, and especially now having this platform and um, um, being able to use it for something that is so impactful. Um, yeah, just just want to continue to, you know, be that. And, and I, I think that, you know, the Black Women's Player Collective getting started this year is um, a hope to get on the, you know, WNBA's level of, uh, of advocacy and, and change. And um, yeah, I think that the NWSL as a whole has a lot of work to do without a doubt. Um, and I think that, you know, the demographic differences between the league um, explain a, a lot why, um, you know, just like, just like in this past year, we, we saw that, um, you know, the black community has been talking about these things for, however long and um, it's only, you know, just this year that people are really starting to, to wake up to, to some of the things that are being talked about. And so I think that, um, that it's, it's the same comparable with the WNBA and the, and the WNBA and the NWSL is just, you know, the, the makeup is, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that there's definitely improvement that can be made and so we'll see if um, things can change or, or if, you know, at this point, I mean, I don't even know if anybody will compare to the WNBA and, and what they're doing, but um, just continuing to do, you know, what we can to, to make this league better and, and um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think um, just as a follow-up, um, one way you've used your voice already recently is signing on to an amicus brief in support of uh, trans athletes and maybe you can just walk folks through uh, what that amicus brief um, intended to do and just why why you thought it was important to lend your voice to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty much it was just <clears throat> a document pretty much. I, I wish I had exactly clear a I talked about it with my brother who just passed his bar and I still can't exactly wrap my head around what an amicus brief is. And, you know, it's a fancy word that, um, you know, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, but the way he explained it to me, which I'm blanking on at this exact moment in time is pretty much like it's something that can be used in um, like a court type of situation to, um, pretty much an example of why 
the, for example, HB, I can't remember what law it is that was passed in Idaho is detrimental to, you know, the trans community. Um, and so the reason why I was 100% on board with it is because, um, you know, we always talk about sports bringing people together and, and being a space for people to, you know, enjoy and share and culture and, and this and that. And I don't know how we can say that sports are this thing if it's not um, inclusive of everybody and it's not safe, a safe space for everyone and, and everyone can enjoy it. Um, and so for me, you know, all the effort that um, Athlete Ally is doing um, and in and, and fighting against these, these laws that, you know, different states are passing that are discriminatory is just so um, inspiring and so I 100% was on board with joining as an ambassador and, and helping in any way that I could because um, I just feel like we have to make sports genuinely inclusive for everybody, so. Very well said. Sorry about the, I, I was blanking on the amicus brief one. I think you well. have to explain it for all those non-lawyers <laughs> out there well, so. <laughs> Congrats on your uh, brother passing the bar. I know. Thank you so much. I, I don't know if it's a good thing for me because when he was in law school, it was like free advice. Now he's going to start charging me. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was, I'm super hyped for him. So absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Kind of on the same idea of like increasing diversity and making people feel more welcome. You did that um, project last year with the NWHL to mm -hmm. work on some more designs for shirts for the women's hockey league. And mm -hmm. I know, um, we'd seen some discussion on Twitter about like trying to maybe revamp the, the NWSL logo because like not everyone has a ponytail and not everyone right. is a, a thin white woman. And we just heard right. from Lisa Baird recently that they're actually going to be doing some rebranding in the next year. So like, nice. are, do you have any ideas you want to share with her or with anyone? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I hadn't heard that, but that's pretty hype. Um, but honestly, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, I think that like an example would be <clears throat> the WNBA logo. It's a bun. Like you don't really know what kind of hair it is. It could be any kind of, you know? So like, I think that just things like that are just so much more um, ambiguous and, and, and diverse and something so simple as just a bun. Like even if, you know, I have short hair, like I could grow my hair out and I could put it in a bun, like, you know? So like, it's like all these different things that like a small detail like that. But again, these details aren't, you know, necessarily looked at or thought about if you don't have a, a diverse room, if you don't have a group of people who can, you know, add that feedback and say like, okay, well, yeah, that looks good. But if we did this, it would be even better, you know? And so I think that that's just, um, just a, a, t a testament to why diversity and inclusion, like genuine diversity and inclusion really makes things better for, for everyone because everybody gets, you know, a voice heard and everybody, and maybe every time you're not gonna please every single person, but how can we, you know, make it as inclusive as we can? So yeah, I'm excited. We'll see what the, what the new NWSL branding is. I can't wait to see. <laughs> So the next set of questions are what we've called the fun questions because these are a series of questions that we've asked um, your new uh, OL Rain teammates over the course of uh, the years we've been doing this podcast. Um, 
it's kind of crazy that we're, this is going to be our fourth season of having this podcast covering uh, this team. But um, so yeah, you're going to be, um, it's your turn to basically go through the fun questions. And we have come up with a new fun question for this season that you will be uh, uh, getting the first crack at. So first question, um, if you were in charge of the Match Day playlist, what three songs would you choose? Oh, man, that is so hard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what three songs would I choose? Okay. Hmm. Okay. I got to go one, just because it's on my head for whatever reason right now, Booty Work by T-Pain. I feel like it's a, an oldie but goodie. Like, um what else ah maybe like a uh a, a tap in by sweetie or uh maybe wop i don't know this is hard all i know is like it's gotta have bass it's gotta be like we gotta get hype to it i don't know it's so hard <laughs> just whatever comes on shuffle i like first i guess okay that's a hard one. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to answer oh, the Three? <laughs> um, this question has been kind of the one that kind of splits the rain locker room over the course of seasons. Where does Ziara King stand on pineapple and pizza? It's a no for me. Yeah, I, um, I don't know, though, because, like, I like – I've never had it, I don't think but like I like grilled pineapples so like I could see the concept but I just think that maybe I still it still scares me a little bit but also I'm pretty adventurous so I would try it so it's only a no because I've never had it but I would try it we're pretty sure uh, your new teammate Bethany Balser will uh, hook you up with that on that one because she is pro <laughs> pineapple on pizza but conversely right, Jeff well. Fishlock is is staunchly against it all right, well, I will absolutely get back to you after I have it. <laughs> if a movie was going to be made about your life, who would you want to play you? Oh. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, probably like Kiki Palmer. Like, I yeah, she's hilarious and I think she could she could definitely pull it off. Okay. What is one on-field skill you would like to acquire from one of your new teammates? On-field skill. Mm. Man, I don't even know. I haven't even thought about that yet. I guess I would have to say... Um, mm. I don't have an answer to that. That's right. I don't you, know. you can come back to us on that one, being that, you know, you yeah. got to report to camp, you got to get to know your new teammates and everything. So definitely, we can, we can hit pause on that one. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then the new question that we've come up for this season that you will be the first one to get to answer Do you have a favorite K pop group? I don't. I don't listen to K pop. <laughs> That's fine. I so I'm sorry. No, no need to apologize. We know it's, it's still a new thing for a lot of people, and yeah. it can be something that's just too, too overwhelming for a lot. So it's all right. Yeah. Jacob, as of a year ago, would have said the same thing, and now he's 
fully on board. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to check there. it out. Honestly, <laughs> I've never I've never looked into it, so I definitely will have to. Yeah, it's if one you of those recommendations. Things, oh, I would just say BTS because that was the, okay. that's the one that everyone's listening to. But you know, being that you know we just spent all all of 2020 in lockdown and can't go anywhere. Right. It's like, I have all this time on my hands. Let me check out this one thing that uh, everyone's been talking about. Actually, um, what really got me into it was on Netflix, the Explained series. They have an episode uh -huh. on, on K-pop that just kind of explains oh, wow. like, how it became, you know, this juggernaut that it is. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. You got a list from us now. I'm excited. I can't <laughs> wait. Like, if you have any recommendations for food places, let me know because your girl loves to eat. We'll have to check. We'll have to check back on that. Just hoping that the places that we can recommend are still open once everything oh, opens up. Yeah. Coming back to reality yeah. there. Yep. <laughs> Literally. Ugh. So. Um, that pretty much does it for our set of questions to cool. that we leave uh, the last word to you, Yara. So you can say, uh, feel free, whatever you'd like to say. Shout out, say hello to anybody. Floor is yours. All right, last words, man. Um, well, definitely thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm already so excited to, um, you know, make my way out there. And um, I, I'm just, I just have to say, like, you know, thank you to my teammates from Utah and um, thank them for, for making my transition so smooth. And um, it's going to be sad to, to say goodbye, but, you know, um, on to a new adventure. And I'm so excited, you know, to meet my new teammates and, um, you know, build those relationships and friendships. And um, like I said, learn from the veterans and, 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 and build strong connections um so yeah i just man i just feel so grateful i don't know i don't know how to explain it um to to be in in this journey and you know continuing my career and um yeah i'm just i'm really excited to see you know what this year has has to offer and and beyond so thank you so much for you know having me on and it was a nice little you know welcome to what is to come for me and on the on the west coast <laughs> Well, well yeah. thanks for thanks so much for joining us and we're super excited to hopefully be able to get out there and see you this year. Yeah, absolutely. So excited. Okay, we are back and to close out this episode of Coffee and Valkyries, we're going to be answering some questions that OL Rain fans had submitted to us over the past couple of days uh, in lieu of this recording. So I'm going to just go ahead, with, go ahead with the first question that we got. Um, will Quinn be allocated by Canada this year? Any idea why they weren't last year? Is this just a sign that Canada is getting out of the allocation process? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. And I think it's, it was one that was kind of puzzling to people we talked with last year because um, Quinn was the only Canadian national team regular I believe in the league who was not allocated so um, I think we're all very hopeful that they will be allocated this year because that would free up one of the five international slots that the rain have which could be necessary if they are actually going to be bringing someone from OL on loan I'm not the biggest fan of the allocation process um, 
for a lot of reasons that I won't get into too much here. Um, we'll save that for another chat. Um, but I mean, if there's, if we're talking about allocation in terms of, you know, who really deserves to be on the allocation list, Quinn is a hundred percent deserving um, of that. They, they are just an incredible defensive midfield player um, and have this dynamic um, aspect to their game. So, I mean, I, I would allocate Quinn if I'm Canada, but getting out of the allocation process isn't the worst thing to do. Yeah, I think the, the idea of moving away from the allocation process is certainly nice. I think doing it in sort of a piecemeal fashion creates issues when it comes to roster construction because there are such a limited number of uh, international slots. I think it's tough to have, you know, one of the larger national teams that NWSL pulls players from other than the U.S. Uh, no longer have allocated players and suddenly they count as internationals. Um, yeah, I think they create some headaches, but like if they are going to move away from that as, you know, some of the off-season decisions by the league as far as allowing U.S. national players to opt out of being allocated uh, certainly points to larger changes down the road. Uh, maybe that's not going to happen this year, but I think we can hope that there are bigger changes coming. Second question. How has the parent club's ownership of OL Reign affected their transfers this offseason? I have yet to see the full answer to that, but we do know that there are two players coming from, from Lyon to Tacoma at some point this year. So that undoubtedly had some effect on which um, type of players that, the, that um, Bill Predmore and Friedman Steedy went after and the transfers that have been announced so far. So it should be interesting to see, though, in the next few weeks what those uh, next announcements are. Yeah, I think the one thing that I would add is that um, the signing of Angelina certainly seems like, I don't think NWSL particularly would struggle to attract a Brazilian youth national team player. They have enough Brazilian full national team players to demonstrate that it's certainly a quality league for those players. Uh, but given her quality and her age, I think her signing sort of seems like maybe the first OL Reign signing with a hint of almost the mothership sort of wanting to take a look at a player before they bring her in. Uh, I think if she's good, I'd rather her stay stateside for a while, but um, that does have a little bit of that feeling in addition to Bill Predmore's seeming omniscient awareness of players with American passports. Okay. Uh, question three. Is the new keeper we signed, Cosette Moshe, expected to be our starting keeper or are we looking to sign someone else? Well, I think no matter what, um, even if uh, Buhati does 
come on over to um, OL Rain. I think they still need to sign another keeper. I'd rather have three keepers on the roster instead of just two. Um, so is she going to be the starter? I don't know. I think at this point, um, if they draft somebody, it's definitely open competition. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they they could trade and get another keeper. Like I know Sky Blue has like three three keepers, I think. Um, they could maybe try to go for Mandy McGlynn. Um, there are options, but I don't know. Right now, I mean, it's hard to say she's like she's not going to be the starter when she's the only goalkeeper on the roster. Um, but ask that question in like three more weeks and maybe we'll have a better answer. Um, one thing I think is going to be interesting this season with the fact that they're putting a challenge cup before the regular season is that this could present an opportunity for Morshe to show what she's able to do in a slightly less um, um, important, well, not less important, but less monumental, you know, series of games. And even if, if say, somebody like Sarah Buhadi is coming in May or June, then they can sign a, a third keeper like Rachel suggested and give Morshe some time to 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 show her talent and then kind of make a decision in May about who is actually going to be the starter for the regular season. And that was it for questions submitted to us by OL Rain fans. Um, and I think this pretty much is a good spot for us to close out this first episode of the new season of Coffee and Valkyries. So I'll leave the floor to you three as to any last words you'd like to say. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for the draft coming up in a couple of days and to see kind of how the team continues to build and develop as they start reporting for camp in the next few weeks. I can't watch the draft, so let me know everything I miss. Um, I'll be tuning in on Twitter to see what happens. Um, afterwards but um i think this season is going to be um i don't want to say more organized than last year because it's hard to organize whenever you're you know kind of scrambling but in a good way because you know nobody expected a pandemic but um i'm excited for what the season's gonna look like a second challenge cup is definitely exciting because i mean it's kind of hard to have an open cup style tournament when your second league in uh, women's soccer is the WPSL. Um, so I'm excited for it. And um, we'll see what kind of chaotic craziness comes with the draft. Yeah, I think I would just say that I'm looking forward to seeing what the next sort of iteration of the OL Reign Fareed Vinstiti project is. Um, I think we were just starting to see what his philosophy and system looked like towards the end of last year and I think getting a full, hopefully actual preseason in uh, should only help with that. Awesome words, everyone. And yeah, I think to close it, I think everyone is just sharing a nice sense of optimism that, you know, there's going to be another Challenge Cup, but everybody involved with the league and that follows the league wants to see a full regular season uh, return and you know we're all cautiously optimistic that we're going to get that uh you know get it come may and june and it, you know hopefully everything with response to the pandemic works out where 
everybody's vaccinated and everyone feels safe and comfortable, you know, playing these games, doing the travel that the NWCL teams are doing, and that we can have some fans back in the stands and, you know, get one step closer to having a normal NWCL environment, NWCL season, all that stuff. So for everybody that was listening to Coffee and Valkyries and reading our work on Sound at Heart over the course of last season, um, I speak on behalf of everybody when I say thank you and that, you know, thanks again for your continued support and following and listening to our podcast, reading our stuff as we, you know, get ready for this 2021 season. And hopefully as we get more player interviews, we get to do them in person where, you know, we're not, we're not doing them through Zoom screen. So there's a more natural flow of conversation. But yeah, I think cautiously optimistic is uh, how I'm feeling right now. Um, obviously, things for the past couple of days on the other side of this country <laughs> were a major downer for everybody. But yeah, cautiously optimistic is how I'm feeling about this 2021 season. So for all of us here on Coffee and Valkyries and Sound Art Heart, uh, as always, thank you for listening. And Steve, Tim, and Rachel, thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. 